0: Ladies and gentlemen, a speaker has to know his limitations. I'm fully aware, perhaps painfully aware of the fact, that in no way can I even begin to add to the portrait of greatness which of Tversky Shlita has painted. My role, therefore, was to totally change the focus from the Rav's greatness to the Rav as a walking human being with whom I interacted over a period of time. No pretension to even touch what a great man he was. I was one of thousands of students of Rav Salavechik, Zechot Levrachah from the time that I heard him not heard of him, heard of him my earliest youth from my father Zechrona Levrachah was one of the last musmach of Rav Moshe Salavechik, but had fond memories of the Rav as well from his youth the time I actually heard him until this patira was a period of somewhat over 30 years one of my first memories when my parents took me to a uh, Mizrahi convention on the Moshe Shabbos not far from here where we're standing was somewhere in Long Beach, one of those hotels my memories were so crowded they was not able to enter into the room to actually see the Rav. That's how crowded it was. I heard him on the microphone that they had on the outside. And around that time I was still a high school boy. My father would take me, and we should say schlep me, what did I know, twice a year to the Rav's unforgettable Yor Tzai and Giml Shvat or thereabout when he would a few hours of as we heard brilliant halacha followed by a few hours of brilliant hashkoffa emanating from the halacha and to the annual Shubat Rasha which took place by Enkes Eliasar these presentations each one a masterpiece were given in the Rav's native language of Yiddish. I've never heard of Yiddish like the Rav's. Fortunately, I understood Yiddish. The Rav gave his daily issue in Yiddish until Talmidim didn't understand it anymore and he changed, changed to English. At this point, I was a passive admirer of the Rav while still in high school I began to read the Rav's own words as we heard when I was a high school senior the Rav published something called Confrontation a brilliant exposition in very flowery English describing of a critical a critical point at a critical juncture when so many were being taken in by religious dialogue the catholic church and the rub resisted it heroically philosophically I began to read his hebrew masterpieces Rav Tversky Shlita quoted from one of them I wasn't such a high level. I wrote something called Cold, Odido OFAKE. which was printed in the 50s and I read it in the 60s. I knew, I knew Hebrew pretty well, but this was, I knew English pretty well too, but you know. Neither his English nor his Hebrew was anything which I could, uh, fully master and light years above the language which I, which I used. I, I arrived in the yeshiva as a college freshman through a series of circumstances I ended up in Rav Aaron Salavei shir, and the next level and the progression was the Rav shir. and I entered the Rav shear, fall of 1965 I was warned that the Rav can be a terror if you don't know he can really lash out at you I was given a piece of good advice the Rav when you begin this year will look around the room as I'm looking at you right now and find a carbon. the way to avoid this difficult circumstance of being caught in the Rav's crosshairs was to avoid eye contact very simple just look down when the Rav is scanning the room for a carbon He did it it worked magnificently for an entire semester we learned Shavuos the Rav says she are three days a week we covered the first half the, first, the third paragraph in Shavuos over the first semester Rav Shachta the Shalita would give the Chazara on Mondays the Rav spoke on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday ah, bo on the last day of Shia the Rav said, I'm going give you a Bechina and the Bechina is thorough but it's even one question that we never discuss and I want you to figure it out based on the beautiful Yesodos that the Rav had established so those who went to Yeshiva may remember from those years you took tests in Lamport Auditorium They used to give a, a wooden board to fit on the chairs and we sat there for hours and hours working on this Bechina with that one question especially Rabbi Nachanan or the Rimi Gash <laughs> Okay, then okay, good. We took our college finals. We had a little vacation. We come back the new semester. It's the beginning of nineteen sixty-six. So far, my reaction with the Rav was completely passive. He never said a word to me. I only heard, admired. That's an understatement. From afar, and then from closer in, but still looking down. What I did not know is Reb Shecht the Shliṭa marked the He was a very strict marker. The, re- the marks range from eight to a hundred. <laughs> my mazel, I got a hundred. So when Rosh Hashanah Shalita went into the rav to give go over the exams, the grades, he so asked the rav, "Who's this? Who's this who, who is this guy?" So Rosh said, "He's a new talmud. He's, in the, he's he comes every day to the shiur. He came to the shia and he, he did, oh, he's a good, good talmud." Okay. Rav walks in. was on the fourth perk of Shavuos, and I know my, I know what I'm doing comes in put my head down and then I'm ready with a pen in my hand ready to t- take the notes but instead of scanning the Rav yells out Willig who is Willig where is Willig and he proceeded to take me apart to rip me to shreds you think you know something come on my first interaction with the rough. unforgettable for me My personal interactions with the Rav spanned the next 20 years, the 20 years, the last 20 years of the Rav's public life. Of course, the most, the most focused were the years I I sat in the Shia on a daily basis. I was privileged to sit in the Rav's Shia for five years and I will go through a number of the interactions of that period of time. After the first year in this year, I explained to the Ruff so nicely that, as I had planned from maybe two years earlier, I was going to do what was written in the YU catalog at the time, junior year abroad. Then you could go to Sorbonne, or to Oxford, or to Hebrew U, but you could also go to Karenby Avner. Some of my friends had gone there a couple years earlier, and I, I, this is my whole life, was, this is a dream of mine. The Ruff said, What? What, My shear is not good enough for you? You're going to find a better shear in Caranby Avenue? That wasn't the point. (laughs) I went. I went. When I got there, I wrote her thereof. Because we were confronted with the problem of Second day Yontif. What do you do? I never thought about this, even. this This is way back when. Now there are already books about it. And they had taught us about it. Something we call a day and a half in Kerembehaven at the time. Before things changed. And the Rav wrote me back. I wrote him an aerogram. He wrote me back an aerogram. I wrote him when I saw was enough time. The Rav was absolutely busy. The date of his letter was Yud Bey's Tishrei and of course he arrived uh, probably in Chalamoyed or something like that I came back to Yeshiva you're not going to believe it. there's a letter from Rabbi Yisrael in the mailbox for you you little you he said this, whatever he said but something like a day and a half only one more letter I wrote to the Rabbi in that difficult year for him when his had passed away I wrote a le- a condolence letter I came back the rabbi was a different person a different person when I came in he had a goatee when I came back was a full beard whatever little black we thought was there had turned white and the rabbi was in a difficult period of mourning he was in mourning for his mother and mourning for his brother and mourning for his wife He said Kaddish for a long time long after the Requisite months for his mother, Olam HaShalom, came back of Shechter. Shalita was appointed as a as a rebbe, 1967, and he was the one, the master of the notes, of Shechter's notes. That's for all posterity. When he left, it was a a vacuum. So I worked very hard on my, on my own notes. The Rav almost never asked me for anything. It was almost, was a one-sided, I was asking him, he never asked me for anything. Two things he asked for me. This is the first one. It was the last day of Shia in 1968. I was in the back of the seat of the car. Rabbi J. Marcus was the driver, driving the Rav to Kennedy Airport. And I got off at Jewel Avenue in Queens. And as we were in the car, the Rav says to me, "Uh, I hear you have good notes. What I'm going to say, thank you, Rebbe. Do you have the notes with you? It's the last day of the year. Yes, as a matter of fact. Please give them to me. I'll make a copy and give it back. We have a rule: Ain misarvin the Goddo. You don't say no to a great man. Of course, I handed over the notes. Would I get them? Ever get them back? I'll jump to the sequel right now. Never got him back. In 1985, the yeshivas started learning Perik Merubah. That was my notes on that Perik. I asked Rav Tversky Shalita, "Get me the notes. I'm, I'm saying sheer on what I learned from the Rav." He was unsuccessful. Couldn't find them. Years later, after the Rav's Patira, I got him back. That summer went down to Boston. Every day, the Rav said a sheer, Maimonides. Even Shabbos to Minchomarv, he would sit there in the front seat in his chair. You could ask him anything about anything about anything. He'd have a ready answer with a smile, with a brilliance. He was a different personality in Boston than in New York. In New York, he was, hmm. In Boston, he was much more gentle, much more open, much more smiley. She got bigger. We moved from the third floor first all to the fourth floor. And I sat in the corner near the window. And when I asked questions, I made you know I've always always invited questions. I would, you know, ask my own questions, comment on some of his looking around for comments. And it did pretty well, you know, I was still able to cut people down, but I had a pretty good what we call batting average. As a matter of fact, it was literally a guy sat next to me, right next to the wall, and he put my batting average on the wall. I don't think it's there anymore, if I painted it over a few times. You know, how many, every time I spoke was it at bat if the Rav liked it really it was a home run it made a single didn't have too many strikeouts but two strikeouts stand out in my mind once I think this is what I learned in the summer learning about uh, Avodah Shemekipur and one of the Rav's favorite topics I asked him a question and as pointed out, Rav Tversky himself pointed out on a different occasion the Rav had things which he focused on and that's what bothered him and other things didn't bother him doesn't mean there was anything wrong, it just it wasn't as central as he wanted it to be. It was more peripheral. So I asked one of those peripheral questions, I guess, I'm not so focused. And he said, you know, he didn't want to yell at me because he liked me. He said, Vilik, will you stop bothering me with your with your with your questions? He didn't want to say it was a bad question, it just wasn't, he wasn't interested in it. I was a little surprised by that. I didn't realize it wasn't it was peripheral to him. The next time, I knew I was getting into a buzzsaw, but I just couldn't resist it. We're learning Yerodeah. I was really a smicha student. And the are famous, famously said, There's no connection between, between Rabbein Atam, Rabbein Atam about Tam Ke'ika, Rabbi Natam about Hanich and As-Naveh. They're unrelated completely. For those who know Yerodeah. I wanted to show him to look in the, in the Torah, the Barash of the Rashba, where one could perhaps see there is some kind of connection. And said, Rebbe, would you mind looking in the Torah? Don't bother me. He, he, he was, you know, this is something which is 30 years in his kishkas I'm going to try to tell him something different, a little yingala. Then I knew I was going to get yelled at. But okay, it's good to be yelled at by a Rebbe. It's good, it's wonderful. The next summer, I was already at Echosen. I wasn't able to stay the whole summer and my wife, who's here then my kala came for a Shabbos to meet the Rav the Rav was a perfect gentleman when he saw her he tipped his hat came to the, to the house to spend a few, just a, a little little talk couldn't talk about uh, Yerodeah just talk we'll come back to the conversation a little later We asked him to be Masada Kedushin. Of course he said yes. We spent a lot of time on what happened there. Some of them are me smiling already. They remember the stories. I'll only tell one story. My father had arranged unbeknownst to me a Ksuba, Ksav, Yad, you know, like, like I say for Torah. And on the top, in the middle, was a big Burevi Burevi B'Shabbath. Rav took one look and it said, "Puzzle." That was famous for pasting service. Puzzle. Why is it puzzle? What do you mean? The first word is 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 not aligned and it's too big. So my Rebbe Rav the head of the was standing right there. He said, "Rebbe, they all look similar like that. Go there. go to the museums, the libraries. They're beautiful. Puzzle." no, no He felt a little pressure from his son in He starts reading. My, my cousin who wrote the Ksuvah was coming from the, the Madrich. And I don't know why the, the author of the Madrich, who wrote in the 1930s, put in the century, it was the last decade of the century, Shei Mistakenly, my cousin wrote down, Shei shlosh. It was a hundred years of Muktan. The rabbi looks at him and says, I told you it was possible. It's a hundred years early. He smiles from ear to ear. The story's not over. Fortunately, my wife has two uncles, had two uncles, and they, they were smart enough to do the rub to come with of their own. So first, my uncle, Rav Heisler is that Sal who passed away just a month or so ago, brought in a, what they call the RCA suba, still have it, the RCA suba. The rub was the RCA, for those who don't know, he was the Halakh authority, the Rabbinical Council of America. the says no good why is it no good? Rabbi? why is it no good? you see? it says on top big letters Beis Samech and his words and we try to imitate his accent a little bit what is this? a letter? it's a star. the guy uses the quip on Purim on you heard about stars? twinkle twinkle little star. Rab Chaim knew what you are this is our whole life surrounded the Rav and Rav. This is how we grew up as kids. What do we know? Okay. The other uncle, Rabbi Horowitz, brought a different suba. The rubber starts filling it out. And he made an actual mistake, but a real mistake. So unfortunately for him, fortunately for us, I guess he haqsuba is the RCX Suba that he had <laughs> originally supported. stayed in the Sheer five years I became a Rebbe became a Rav 1974, I had two more interactions with the Rav the first, I was just a brand new Rabbi and we were at a shabbat Brachas the Rav was in attendance and Rabbi Schonfeld Shlita, who was my Rabbi growing up in Cougar Hills was sitting in the back with us Rabbi Holzer I was driving the car Rabbi Schonfeld asked the Rav rabbi, rabbi, you know that he's now a Rav in a shoe. don't you think you should join the RCA? yes, yes, you should join the RCA <laughs> again Ein on the Ligodl and again Perhaps the rest is history. That same year, my shul honored me at the uh, annual dinner and asked me to get a letter from the rov. You know, only right, my Rebbe. At that point, the Rav had an assistant. First Rabbi Fuesti was his assistant, then Rabbi Mark Karasik was his assistant, and I asked Mark to please get me a letter. Briskers are not very easy writers, took a very long time. So the Rav wrote a beautiful letter, which is printed in the, the yearbook. Once, during a Khagasmicha, I was asked to give a Shir, and the Rav was in attendance, the old big base Medmish. I was already a you might call a seasoned Magad shir. This is in the early eighties teaching for a decade the rub in the shul for almost that long but the rub was sitting right there but as like I said, the rub was a gentleman didn't offer any criticism he, he sat politely, I'm sure he could have ripped that shear to shreds too the rub got older got weaker I will never forget never the last yardside shear when the Rav was disoriented, maybe I had taken a certain pill, I don't know what it was. I couldn't handle it. just couldn't handle it. 1977, a bit earlier, the Rav asked me one other thing. Please. I'd like you to teach a Shia for girls in Stern College. Shia in Gomorrah. This was not my field. But once again, aim, sarah, and the gobble. You can't say no to the He came that famous for a Shia. I was in attendance. I taught Avi Ibsochim. My tenure in that capacity didn't last too long, one semester, but it generated about 15 years that I brought this Torah in Halacha and Stern College which I think was an important contribution again, Yeshiva to the Rav my last perhaps one of the last interactions with the Rav in his public career in New York was Chanukah the end of 1985 as I said it began at the beginning of 86 of 66, this is now end of 85 20 years of interactions I went together with Rav Slita and Rav Bransvigashlita to ask the Rav to intervene we never, ever, I never asked to Rav anything of this thought it was a critical juncture in the history of the yeshiva itself the next day he said his final shir and went home and did not return to New York I was once asked to speak in Boston during that period of time. I asked Rav Tversky Shalita, Can I be- fulfill bigger column? Is it the i No, he wasn't well. He responded in a few short words. Won't be good for you and won't be good for him. I was across the street, couldn't go in. I still remember the Khalamai Pesach, nineteen ninety three. Talmud called me up, he's in the room to tell me something or other, and he mentioned that the Rav had passed away he said it with relative equanimity it wasn't the Talmud of the Rav I answered his question hung up the phone went into a room and I started to cry you're not supposed to cry in Pesach. I just couldn't help it Just was crying of course he went to the Leviathan. Went to the shiva in Boston. Rebetzin Lichtenstein told me something which I never knew and never would have known. Father, with the Boston accent, Father would look around the room. Just tell me to see by their faces if they got it, if they understood it. His words were understood. She told me, Father told me, you were one of those, Tomita. That's about more than twenty years after I left the Shia. I avoided eye contact for a whole semester. But the Rav, after that, for the next five years with the summers, looked at me among others to see if he got his point across. After the Rav passed away. Rebbeim were asked to give Divrei Hesped the base, main base Medrash I want to share with you as time allows some of what I said then obviously inadequate the Rebbe said in his inimitable Hebrew in his Hesped for Abchaim Helah. Hasabdanhu who pedagog matzuyah. to be a pedagog. There was no better pedagog than the Not only did it spade them, and it's you, I never unparalleled in my experience. Shlucho shalas <laughs> seichel atzonen Using rational intellectual terms, the gam aman, and also an artist. You heard before the portrait of greatness, an artist. I have to explain <coughs> I began by saying that to the best of my knowledge the Rav passed away it was a Thursday in the Bein HaShemoshes period between yud Zayin and Yud-Ches Nisan You already heard the Rub's beautiful explanation of Bein Ash A din sufik, not maybe day, maybe night, it's a combination of both. Others have attributed this idea to a ritva in Mesech Yoma Yuma that compares the Bein Ash to the Bein Ha of a comet, an unresolved question in the Gemara. It's neither in nor out, it's halfway in, halfway out. Shulchan Aruch tells us that Chodosh and Chutz is it is at Chilas Le'el Ches Nisa to the beginning of the night of that very night that the Rav passed away in Ben And I thought, metaphorically, this represented the Rav's life. That boundary, that difficult scene, between the old and the new and in the Ritzvah's words between what's in and what's out it's much easier to avoid that difficult terrain all in or all out all old or all new but the rob in his own way charted a difficult and challenging course combining the two elements we already heard by then, when I was speaking, contradictions in the Hesbaden. Some said the Rav was a modernist, and we dare not engage in revisionism to deny it as at occurred to of Shem for al Others said the Rav was a traditionalist. He gave over the Torah and was given from Sinai. They never saw him carrying a secular book. Only with Gomorrahs and Rambams. In my view, both statements are true. Let me explain. The Rav was an expert in metaphor. All his fadoms start miles away from who the Nifta was. I'd like to explain who the Rav was and using the catalog- categories of the Rambam. The here was the Rambam, as we know. He said, he was a youth. When his father was the Rambam and the Ravid, and when the Ravid, the Rav's father had no answer to the Ravid's cash against the Rambam, the Rav would cry. He would cry. It's written in his, in his, in his memoir. The Rambam wrote three major works. The Yad HaChazaka, also known as Mishneh Torah, the Furesh and the Mornebuch. Halacha is in Yad HaChazaka what the Raman calls in Huchosh Yisori Torah Lechem u Bread and meat to know what's permitted, what's prohibited (coughs) written in Hebrew for all posterity every word is so carefully drafted every word is that my Rav used to analyze every letter in the Raman not every word, every letter the Raman there writes you have to fill your belly if you will with bread and with meat before you go on to study philosophy. The Pirish Mishnah a purely halachic work, almost purely halachic, written in the Arabic, the vernacular of his time, taking Torah, age old concepts in a modern idiom. Yes, the Samashkafa too, the Sodas and Perakalek. And then the Moronavuchim, philosophy, with Torah. Not just a pure Torah in an Arabic vernacular. The subject matter itself is combined. Aristotle, the Arabic philosophers of his time. People don't know how to deal with this. Rabbi was himself the Moronavuchim. Saved many Jewish souls at the time. But you know, any such book by definition is limited by time. Today, most people are not such experts in Moronavuchim. They know the Rambams. You say Rambam, you mean the HaChazok, a little parish of Obviously, such a dual personality is going to have opposition from both sides. There are those who say, Chod HaShosim Anything new was not allowed. The Ramam himself, the Rav's hero, they burned his books. The Rav was the Ramam of our time. First, he filled his belly with bread and meat, learning with his father, Zechatzaruk Rocha, interacting with his sainted grandfathers, both of them who he, he adored and admired and quoted. Why lechem and why Basar? Not a word is extra in the Rambam. Seems to me we can suggest that lechem, the bread, are the fundamentals. Allah lechem Basics. They say from the briske rav, the rav's uncle, before a person learns shahs Rashi, whatever Svaray says is suspect. You have to first have the bread. But then the meat. Meat can be Rare, medium, well done. It could be cooked, it could be fried, it could be spiced. Everyone makes his own flavor of meat. The rub, as we, as Tversky intimated, was a bucky macala tarakula. Every Gemara, every Rambam. But, when it came to the buster, the Rav was again unparalleled in his, in, his, in his generation the clarity, the depth of his presentation the Rav called himself a Malamit he said that's the ultimate compliment the Kodesh Baruch was a Malamit Torah Lama Yisrael. and he used all all the forces that he had amassed in presenting things to his talmidim to the general community they say Rabbi Shol Slant is called Chaim that type of learning was critical in combating the Haskola in the late 19th century perhaps we could say about the Rav that many years later in the mid and late 20th century, where so many were pulled after other winds that were blowing. In Drush there was nobody like the rub at all. In his content, in his drama, in that brief visit with the Rav, with my then Kala. So I mentioned that I'd read the Rav's beautiful essay, Kol Dodi do Fake. it's so beautiful, you should please read it in the original Hebrew if you can. And the Rav responded like this, Ah, Adrosha. What do you mean by that? He meant, we're learning that summer. that's what we should be focusing on. Gemara, Rambam, Tosvis. That was the yada chazak of the Rav that was his contribution to posterity yes you need the Tzav hasha, to respond to the challenge of a new state of Israel but how to articulate a whole broad vision and the Moron of Uchem Rav learned philosophy in Berlin he wrote about it As they asked the Arab Hirsch, was the Horah Shah Lidaros? Well, I ask you, what about the Mourn of was, the hara, was it Lisha Ladaros? The answer is a twofold answer. It was certainly the Shah when it filled a critical need, and the brilliance shines Doros. How much do people avail themselves of this brilliance depends on the time and the place. Rabbi Chalap Shlita once told me he asked the Rav yeah. why did you go to the University of Berlin? Ah, we would never, never, never asked such a question the book says my mother sent me what did this great woman see? what did she see which no one else saw? 1925 what did she see? she saw the decline of observant Judaism in Europe the once told us he passed by when he left Europe, I think it was 1932 31, approximately I think and Tversky was already born, if I'm not mistaken he went to say goodbye to his relatives in Vilna he went to the, sh- to the shul in Vilna there was almost nobody there under the age of 30 gone she understood she understood you needed broader education to be able to influence the greater world you cannot conquer the new world with the lump, the pure lumpness of Prujan and Haslovich and Brisk go to Berlin get a degree in philosophy and what did the Rav use it for exactly as the Rambam what the Rambam said is he can find on the side of the Yad Ha'zaka. all the other wisdom is the rakachos, v'tabachos, v'ofos it's handmaids every palace has to have a staff every army has to have cooks from then on began the conflict of the Ben Hashmoshes the old, the brisk being the newer Berlin when the meat the bread coming to the paradise, as the Rambam says. Nichnat visholom <laughs> viyotza visholom. Wherever you came, went in and came out with peace, somehow harmonizing these two worlds. He learned philosophy, Alderic brisk. And he taught Torah in academic parlance, even including Chokhmasa Umos. Chochmah Ba'goyim Tamin in his speeches, in his articles let's read the Isha'alacha what Rav Tversky's referred to as the very end of the Isha'alacha, where the Rav tells us is an entire new world view ready to be examined it was written in the 40s I never saw the Rav with the, with the, with the philosophy book it's true, I sat there for over 5 years I never saw it it doesn't mean he's about to give up on these tools that he had mastered. He knew how to quote Kierkegaard. It is true, as Rav Tversky Shalita said at the end, that they were almost underappreciated. Philosophers call him a Talmudist and thomas call him a philosopher. That's what you get when you're a you master two fields. So I want to say very briefly that the iconic figures of the Yeshiva world at the time all had strong connections to my Rebbe, Rabbi who famously invited him to speak from Moshe Feinstein. The Rab spoke when he was elevated to the Head of the Aguda Sarabonim. Uh, Rav Hutton. Not a connection to him, a very strong one. So Yosef, his name was Yosef Dov, who has Shalit al Haoretz. who are Mashvel lechol In the yeshiva, he was a Shalit. The last word. In the RCA, the last word but he knew how to fight battles which went beyond the yeshiva in the forties he focused in the yeshiva on re-establishing Torah as the central focus in the fifties he waged a battle with others against mixed seating which threatened to take over the entire community and yes He fought against ecumenism in the 60s and many other battles. Who remembers these battles now? It's hard to remember. It's hard to remember. My time is up. I end as I began. The personal memories of one of thousands of Talmudim, not even capturing a small percentage of the realm's greatness. But it's important that we continue his legacy. Of course, by reading his own words, I recommend for those who can't to hear his own words. There are numerous tape recordings which you can hear and I recommend for those who know Yiddish the older the better the, the earlier ones are just it's breathtaking we should all be zolcha to be loyal to the of the Rav as we say in the Kaddish al Tamideon, al Tamide, talmideon you've now reached the point of talmidei talmidei talmideon sitting here in this room we should all be zolcha carry on the legacy of this giant whose light shone for so many years and whose light continues to shine in the worlds above even as we attempt to capture some of that light here below the hate through a